any Colts fan out there knows to expect the unexpected when it comes to their team. That's why it's time to investigate some very real dream and nightmare scenarios that could happen to the Colts at pick number four in the upcoming 2023 NFL Draft. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is sponsored by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com NFL60 and use code NFL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. I am Jake Arthur, and he is Zach Hicks. You know the two of us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. I am the resident credentialed member of the Colts media for the site, and Zach has carved out his niche as the most notorious film guy in Colts media. Uh, So nice to meet you for anybody new. Uh, Today we're talking about dream and nightmare scenarios for the Colts, not just the song by Meek Mill. Uh, with the Colts picking so high in the draft, we know there's going to be a big part of the fan base that's just really over the moon by who, who the Colts pick. And then there's going to be a big chunk that is just gutted. So we're representing both of you today. Uh, we're, um, yeah, so we, we know that this is a very good quarterback draft. There are teams in front of the Colts and behind the Colts close by who need quarterbacks. So really anything can happen. Anything can happen in a normal draft, and I do not think this is going to be a normal one, Zach. Yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. We kind of get it every single year where scouts come in and they're like, oh my gosh, all your mock drafts that all you media uh, screwballs are doing, you guys got to tear them up because it's going to be so much crazier. I'm hearing this team picking in the third round is going to trade all the way up to number one and take your quarterback. Like, you guys are crazy. Some craziness is going to happen, and then... The draft gets here and like, yeah, some crazy things happen, but it's typical. Like typically we're pretty aware of them, especially the Mm -hmm. day of the draft. Uh, I mean, even the craziest quarterback classes, like uh, the year with, um, with Joe Burrow and all them, like it just, it it didn't, nothing really crazy happened. You know, Tua still went to the Dolphins, Justin Herbert still went to the Chargers. Like we kind of expected nothing really too crazy happened. Like outside of last year with Trayvon Walker going first, and then even that one we kind of knew was going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I I I do think there could be some chaos at the top of this one because this quarterback class is so unique and different. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be as wild as some people expect. I don't think we're going to get four quarterbacks going in the top four. Uh, but we'll talk about that in our next uh, in our next segment here. But talking about the dream scenario for the Colts, I think the Indianapolis Colts could be set up to take QB two in this class. And that's something that if you looked at this months ago, we'd be saying, oh, there's no chance. There's no chance that, that QB2, whether that's CJ Stroud, whether that's Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, whoever whoever you have as your QB2 in this class. There was a lot of thoughts being like, you know what? We don't we don't think that's going to be there at four. Team is going to trade up. Houston's going to take one at two. Uh, but right now, I mean, 
if we're talking dream scenarios, it looks like Houston might pass on a quarterback and Arizona might stay at three and take a defensive player. Like the Colts could have QB three or QB two at the fourth overall pick in this class. Yeah, it could be most people's QB QB two, but they could have their own pick out of three quarterbacks and it'd be their QB one. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, that's really the dream, you know, just going over something that seems realistic. Cause I mean, yes, this is a dream scenario, but it's also going to be something that could very well happen. Uh, so Bryce young going to Carolina, that seems almost like a layup at this point. Right. Uh, Houston, Will Anderson out of Alabama. Uh, that seems like one where they, they really like that fit there. Arizona, you know, if, if they can't move back, which by all, you know, by all accounts, it sounds like they want to move back. Uh, but if they can't move that pick for the right price, maybe they get some like Jalen Carter, for example, or another defender, just they, they kind of need everything except for a quarterback right now. Uh, so they could do really anything. And that leaves the Colts at pick four without having to move up with the, the choice of CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis. Yeah. It may not be, they may not pick who everyone wants them to pick, but they kind of have their pick of the litter there. You know, for the Colts, it's a dream scenario. Yeah. And and I will say about this is we're going to talk about the nightmare scenario in the next segment and, and what, the worst thing could happen if we're Colts fans on draft night. But I think the dream scenario is way more likely at this point, because by all accounts, and I can, I know it's lying season. I know it's that crazy time of year, but if Bryce young goes number one, overall, I sincerely believe they're going to pass on quarterback at number two. Like I, I firmly believe they are Bryce young or bust at number two, and they will happily take Will Anderson and then maybe pivot to a Will Levis a little bit later or pivot to Trey Lance in the trade market. Like, I'm extremely confident saying that the, the buzz around Houston passing on a quarterback at two is not just smoke. Like, it feels very real. We've seen very reputable sources. Uh, Lance Zerline, uh, or Zerline, I, I can't remember exactly how you say his name, but he uh, he's super, super plugged in with Houston. He has been for a long time. He has been driving this train that they are not high on CJ Stroud and they won't take, you know, Levis or, or Richardson there at two. I do think it's going to be Will Anderson if slash when Bryce Young goes first. And then it just leaves the question of Arizona. You know, we could talk likely scenario. They trade back with someone like Vegas or Tennessee or whoever to get to for someone to come up and get CJ Stroud. But if, if it comes to pass or, or maybe Indy moves up to three, and, and they have their choice of those quarterbacks. I, I really do think it's more likely than not that the quarterbacks, that the Colts could get the QB two of this draft class or the second quarterback drafted there at three or four, whether they want to move up or not. So I think this dream scenario could be a reality here uh, in the next couple of days. Like they really could have CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis, whoever they choose sitting there at four, or again, maybe in a slight trade up to number three. Yeah, honestly, all it would take, you know, assuming Bryce Young to the Panthers is pretty much a done deal. All it would take is Houston and Arizona not having trade partners or not finding the right value. Otherwise, you know, that that very well could be what happens. And and I have the exact same understanding of what's going on in Houston. You know, shoot, their dream scenario might be Will Anderson at two and then Will Levis if they can move that that next pick, you know, like that might be what they want to do anyway. So. They could have every every desire to stay there and, and do what they're doing. And then Arizona, I don't really know what to make of that yet because they're under, you know, new management with with Monty Austin for it. So yeah, I mean Jalen Carter wouldn't be a, a, a bad pickup for them. So looking at this though, I mean, I know Anthony Richardson is your guy, but CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, or Will Levis, who do you think the Colts go with there? 
Mm, they're so tough to guess because the Colts just keep everything on lockdown. Like, honestly, I wouldn't believe any rumor out there about them because they are typically so tight-lipped and just easy to keep quiet. Um, I think it could be any of those three guys. I, I don't doubt that the Colts like all three of them. Um, I think for a majority of the offseason, C.J. Stroud has been their number one guy. But again, I don't know. It, it's tough to guess there. I, I would guess either Stroud or Richardson and probably Stroud in that situation. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I think this could be a realistic problem, you know, good problem to have for the Colts uh, coming up here in the next couple of days. Yeah, that's absolutely what I'm hoping for. Just as someone who is ready for them to get off the quarterback bandwagon, we don't have to cover another so-so mediocre quarterback situation again. Uh, But so coming up next, some of us with mental problems know that it is always good to enter a situation with low expectations. (laughs) That way we don't get hurt. You guys know those those defense mechanisms just like I do. Uh, But that's why we're going to talk about the nightmare situations that the Colts could be in when they're on the clock at four. But first, a word from our friends over at Built. Something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is legit, and it is something that you guys won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world. Galaxy. I'll say Galaxy. And they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in just limited quantities. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype's about. I can't wait to see what the new flavor is personally. Their last couple have been nice. Uh, so you guys go ahead and make sure to use the promo code locked on 15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Yep. Locked on locked on NFL's mock draft special is here and it's bigger than ever. Follow along with all 32 teams. First pick in the six episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only locked on can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We made our selection in the very first episode, and we took a certain star quarterback with sky-high upside. So be sure to check that out. All right, Jake, so let's jump into the nightmare scenario. And this is one where I think a couple of weeks ago, it seemed very likely. It's like after the combine buzz and everyone was saying like, look at how good Anthony Richardson looks throwing the football and look at that elite athlete that we've never seen. Oh, and look at CJ Stroud. Look at the touch he throws on everything. And Oh, we already know Bryce young is going uh, first or second overall. All the buzz was that there were going to be quarterbacks going one, two, and three, and the Colts wouldn't be able to get into that top three. So obviously the nightmare scenario, however you want to put these quarterbacks is Bryce young at one CJ Stroud at two, Whoever you have higher between Richardson and Levis, whoever, if you're listening, this is going to be tailored to you. Whoever you have higher between those two guys going at number three and then the Colts being left with the fourth best quarterback or the the quarterback that they rank fourth in this class. That Mm -hmm. is the nightmare scenario because, look, the Colts are in a rare opportunity to take a quarterback in the top five. And they have a, you know, again, a rare opportunity because this is a good class with four first round caliber quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, you still don't want to end up with the guy who, when you did all of your work this whole offseason, you circled this one guy as being the least likely to hit in your system, the least likely to succeed in your system. Whether you still have like, you know, a high first round grade on him, if you had him below these other three guys as the, and again, as the least likely one to succeed, that's a nightmare scenario. Like you could still make it work. And I'm not saying that this is the absolute worst thing to ever happen, but you you want your guy. You don't want to settle, especially if you're settling for the guy that you rank fourth best in the class. Yeah, that's what it's really all about is sure you're going to get one of these top four quarterbacks. You have that possibility still. 
but you it's being it's being given to you you are not able to choose it at all it's you take this guy or you take nothing you trade back and you have to take a position player or you go the hand and hooker out later you know no. like that we're talking nightmare scenario zach <laughs> that is your nightmare <laughs> so, but no I, I mean bryce young <laughs> bryce young to carolina yes that we'll, we'll we'll say that one's done but two and three those picks are very much up for grabs you know if Las Vegas and Las Vegas and Tennessee. You throw Seattle or Detroit. Like there's a lot of teams yeah. uh, that could be coming up and, and jumping in front of the Colts and taking feasibly their top three quarterbacks on the board. So shoot, it's realistic and it is scary for them. Uh, they still get their quarterback if they want them. But if they don't like that guy at four specifically, and maybe they have to slide back a little bit, you know, not, not, uh, not what you're really looking for. No, no, and and I think I, I will say this. I will say this. The Colts got really lucky in two regards this this offseason. Uh one being that loss to Houston in week 18 or whatever that secured them the fourth overall pick over Seattle. That was massive. That was massive because look, if your nightmare scenario is getting an Anthony Richardson or a Will Levis at four or a CJ Stroud at four, whoever, you know, whoever it ends up being there at four, if that's your nightmare scenario. Honestly, I, I'm not feeling too terrible about that. Like, like again, Will Levis is my QB4 in this class. And you guys can check out our podcast from the other day. Me and Mark Schofield talked about uh, Will Levis and talked about, you know, wh- where we think he's, he can succeed and why he's kind of an iffy fit in Indy's scheme. But I'm still high on him. Like, I still think this is a first-round caliber quarterback who can be good in the league. So if your nightmare scenario, if my nightmare scenario, sitting at four, if I were pick, making the pick for the Colts, is Will Levis, that's fine. Like I, I don't, I don't dislike that at all. Like if that is the worst case scenario that can definitely, that definitely could happen. I'm cool with it. So they got really lucky with that. And they got really lucky that Anthony Richardson declared, you know, because when Richardson declared, it made it. So there were four first round caliber quarterbacks going in this class and you're sitting at four that you're kind of securing yourself one, no matter what. But again, this is where we're talking nightmare scenario. We don't want the Colts to be complacent with this. You know, you can't just be complacent and say, ah, we're going to get a young quarterback regardless. It doesn't matter who it is. We have Shane Steichen. It doesn't matter who it is. He can make it work. And, 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 you know, to a degree, I think we can talk ourselves into that after it happens. But you still want to get the guy that you believe has the most likely chance to succeed and the guy that you are willing to bet on. So that's why, you know, part of me was saying, let's trade up to one just so there's that guy that you're putting all of this behind. You're putting all these future picks behind that you're putting all of these future things behind and you're really like betting on being the franchise guy. Whereas if you're taking the, your fourth favorite option at four, then it's like, eh, did we really want him? Like he just kind of fell to us, you know? So I wanted more commitment and I, and they, they still have a chance to do that. They can move up to three. They can move up to two maybe uh, and take a guy or they could take a guy at four that they really do believe is the best quarterback in the class. Um, I just think, you know, nightmare scenario, talking right here is being complacent waiting for a guy to fall at four and that being the guy that you believed in the least yeah you you had mentioned anthony richardson declaring and you know the the colts got lucky that there was an extra quarterback cj stroud's decision i think came down to deadline day a real a real nightmare scenario would have been that it's only will levis and bryce young in this class and then you have no choice but to trade up into the top two if you want a quarterback so honestly that was a really good point i honestly didn't even think of that there's four guys here because two of them declared, you know, 
Yeah. Um, well, technically Bryce Young did too, but we kind of knew he was coming out. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. He's, he's only a sophomore. He's a uh, redshirt sophomore as well. Oh, wow. Like okay. That. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Him and him and Stroud are both redshirt sophomores that declared. Uh, and I think Richardson was a redshirt sophomore as well. So mm-hmm. three young quarterbacks that declared that could have drastically changed what the Colts are doing here. Uh, but again, if we're talking nightmare scenario, I don't think this is very realistic as it was back right after the combine. Because right after the combine, there was so much buzz. Quarterbacks are going one, two, and three. Indy won't be able to get into that top three. So what are they going to do it for? Do you take a Will Anderson or do you take a Will Levis and just roll with Levis? Now it seems very, very more likely that there's going to be only one, maybe two quarterbacks that go ahead of Indy. And they're going to have their choice between two or three guys there at pick four, which again, weeks ago, we didn't think this was going to be possible. I think the Colts are kind of benefiting a little bit from being patient you know, from not jumping the gun and saying, we need to give up three first round picks from pick four to go up to number one. They're sitting back, sitting there at four. And with the whole process playing out with a lot of people kind of already knowing what Houston's going to do, Indy could have, you know, a really good situation fall into their lap there at four and save a lot of picks. We don't often applaud them for being patient. (laughs) I'm not even trying to applaud them. I'm just saying uh, it could be, it could be beneficial. I'm not trying uh to give Ballard, uh, you know, too much confidence in his wait and see approach, but yeah, yeah, guys, I think that's, I think that's all we got here talking about the top of the draft, talking about dream and nightmare scenarios and also kind of slipping in what we think might happen on draft day. But next we're going to talk about the second round of the draft. You know, what do the Colts need in the second round, what they need at pick number 35, Jake and I are going to give a couple players, that we like at that pick 35 spot here in just a second. All right, Jake. So I dominate draft conversation here on this podcast. I don't ever let you talk about it. I kick you off the shows when we, <laughs> when I'm talking draft. So no. I'm going to let you steal the floor here, Jake. You, you can jump on here. Talk about some prospects that you really want to pick 35. You're pounding the table for guys that, you know, the Colts obviously have a chance to move back from 35 and pick up more spots, but if these guys are there, you're taking them all day. Yeah. So for starters, I feel so, so confident that 35 is not where they're going to wind up picking. <laughs> like they have nine picks. Yes. But especially if they have to move up one pick they're they're moving back, you know? Yeah. So not nine picks. Ballard is going to want more, especially in a year where you're bringing in a new quarterback. You want to build as much around him as possible. Uh, but assuming they get a quarterback there at four with their next pick, whether it's 35 or whatever, um, I think it'd be really smart to add a receiver. We've really, there's not much uniformity in these receiver rankings right now. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is like the mo- most of the consensus. Everyone knows he's going in the first. Uh, but then you've got guys like Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston's in that conversation as well. Either of Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison. Um, I'll plug our, our last show real quick. We talked about getting a guy who can get you that those six or seven yards on third down. Either of those guys, Flowers or Addison, I think would be really nice with your next pick to add with your quarterback. Um, Flowers, obviously explosive. Like I've seen comparisons to T.Y. Hilton before. Uh, Size-wise, you know, about 5'9", 180-ish. They're pretty comparable. Uh, explosive downfield threats, but can obviously get separation, Can can do some things after the catch as well. Addison is not as explosive, a little more. He can he could separate, could probably do some things in the slot for the Colts as well. But I think either of those guys would be really nice to pair uh, with this quarterback. And then my other guy, especially if if Anthony Richardson is, is your pick is for Osiris Torrance, his uh, his guard there at Florida. 
if the Colts get Richardson and keeping in mind that they also have Jonathan Taylor, their offense, at least in year one, is probably going to be very run heavy, like yeah. very skewed towards the run. And that's what Torrance does. He's a mauler. He's a massive guy. Was he like 6'5", 340 or something like that? I think he's like, yeah, 6'5", like 330. Yeah, he's big. Yeah. He's, a, he's, 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 big. A, he's huge. He's a mauler. Uh, you're not as athletic as what the Colts would maybe normally go for, at least not as rangy and, you know, bendy, what, what, so have you. But he's a mauler. He, he's going to be able to kill in the run game. And I think he would be a, a perfect fit for them, especially if Richardson is the way they go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love those wide receiver picks. You know, I, I think the buzz with them is probably late round one for both those guys. Like I could see a Zay Flowers going as early as the New England Patriots pick in round one and maybe as late as like the Kansas City Chiefs pick at, at what, 32 or 31 in this draft. Uh, I, I would actually love Indy to move up for Zay Flowers because I am that high on him. I think he's wide receiver one in this yes, class. I think nice. he's a phenomenal player. And I think he's great after the catch, you know, for 5'9", 180, 185, whatever he is. I think he's just great at creating after the catch and making things happen with the ball in his hands. Uh, and the Colts definitely need that, obviously, because they lost Paris Campbell this offseason. Uh, Jordan Addison fits that mold of receiver that I was talking about on yesterday's show. When I was saying the Colts have their Mike Williams, they have their A.J. Brown, their lesser A.J. Brown. I know you guys are going to kill me for that. The lesser A.J. Brown. Uh, they we have noticed a lot of people who only read the title and not didn't watch the video. I yeah. saw you on that. <laughs> yeah, we, we see you guys. We see yeah. you. We know you. <laughs> but they have their Kez walk-ins too. They have all of these types that Steichen has worked with. But who is their guy who's going to get them that first down? It can be a Zay Flowers type as well. But Jordan Addison, for my money, is the best route runner in this class. Him him or Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like you can pick either one of those two for best route runner. Uh, Addison, I know his testing numbers aren't amazing. And it's tough to bet on a guy that small who's not an elite athlete. But the things he does on film are some really, really high level wide receiver stuff. Uh, he knows how to get open. He knows how to set defenders up. And he knows how to get those those nice key receptions on third and six, third and seven. You know, so if the Colts are looking for a Devontae Smith, if they're looking for a Keenan Allen type to pair in Shane Sykin's offense, go get Jordan Addison because Jordan Addison can be that caliber of wide receiver. He is that good. I mean, he was the Blitnikoff winner in 2021. Phenomenal, phenomenal wide receiver. Uh, a, either huge those... prize, a huge prize in the transfer portal. I mean, that he was the biggest transfer, I, I believe, going over to USC. Yeah, him. Well, Caleb Williams as well. Caleb Williams was in that transfer class as well. The Heisman winner from yeah. this past season. So USC kind of killed it. But yeah, they, they <laughs> uh, yeah. But either of those wide receivers, I would definitely trade up into late round one for that would be on my short list of guys I would trade up for. And then Osiris Torrance. I, I love that pick there because Look, Torrance is not a guy from day one who's going to be an elite pass protector. But if you're going to have that run-heavy scheme like you mentioned, you want just a road grader on that right side. You want a guy who has the strength and the power to displace defenders with ease. Uh, Osiris Torrance can do that. He can do that from day one. He's done it in the SEC. You know, he made the jump up to the SEC this past season and became, I think he was first team all SEC last year. Like he's a really well-rounded right guard uh, who can step in right away. He could play some center as well in a pinch, like just... Just a good player. So I love that pick as well. Uh, a couple more names I'll throw out here that I would like at pick 35. And I'll, I'll keep it on offense as well because that's what that's what you're kind of doing here, uh, keeping it offense. Uh, Cody Malk mm -hmm. out of North Dakota State. 
You guys have heard me talk about him quite a bit. Uh, Cody Malk, the interior offensive lineman from North Dakota State, uh, was the offensive lineman of the year at, uh, at the FCS level last season. A phenomenal young player, uh, tight end when he first came into North Dakota State and, tra- and transitioned over to the interior offensive line. Uh, I know the Colts are extremely high on him. I've said that quite a few times on this podcast. That's the only thing I can actually hear out of the Colts camp is that I know that they like Cody Mauk. Uh, so keep an eye on that, obviously, on draft day. Uh, and then another player that I want to throw out here who is a wide receiver. I think he goes in round two, but probably not at 35, maybe a little bit later than 35. But Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. Definitely keep an eye on Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati. He's a guy who has connections to the Colts through Brian Mason. Uh, Brian Mason, the Colts' current special teams coordinator, was a special teams coach at Cincinnati back in 2020, who specifically brought Tyler Scott over to special teams and put him at, I think he put him at like Gunner, put him at uh, Upman on returns, had him rushing uh, the punts off the edge as well. Absolutely loves Tyler Scott as a player. And then obviously Tyler Scott's a guy who, when they're watching Alec Pierce last season, they're seeing this speedy, quick receiver on the other side who's averaging nearly 20 yards a catch and, and blowing off uh, giant gains every time he touches the ball. Uh, Tyler Scott's a he's a legit downfield option that the Colts just don't have. So grabbing a guy like Tyler Scott there, if they move back from 35, maybe like pick 50 or so, or maybe right where they took Alec Pierce last year uh, in the mid 40s, uh, I could definitely see Tyler Scott being an option. I know, I do know Indy likes him a lot. I just don't know if it's going to be in round two or if they go some other direction there. But I do think Tyler Scott is certainly in play in round two. I'm glad you brought him up because even even if they stay put at 35 or move back, I think second round is going to be a money round for them to pick whatever receiver they really want. I know you've been really high on Jonathan Mingo. Yes. I've seen headlines about if he can go in late round one lately. So it's probably more realistic round two, but day two in general. Uh, if the Colts want a really nice receiver, I think they're going to be able to get it this year. Yeah, it's interesting. And I'll, I'll hit on this before we close out the show here in a few minutes, but like, it's interesting to see what their draft strategy is going to be like with a brand new head coach. You know, this is a brand new head coach and, and Frank Reich had input on, on, you know, draft picks in the past, you know, Frank Reich would uh, tell them like, Hey, go get me Kylan Granson, go get me Paris Campbell. Like those were two guys that he desperately wanted uh, and the Colts were able to make that happen and draft him. So if Shane Steichen comes in and says, you know, give me at the top of the draft, Richardson, Levis, Stroud, whoever, whoever it is there at the top of the draft, and says, hey, I need another speedster at wide receiver, or hey, I need my Keenan Allen at wide receiver, that could be the direction the Colts go at 35, you know, instead of trading back or instead of doing whatever or going offensive line. Like if Steichen comes in and says, I need Jordan Addison no matter what, or I need Tyler Scott no matter what, I think the Colts will go out of their way to get him there at 35 or whether it's a move up or anything like that. So I think Steichen's going to have plenty of say in that draft room, and you could definitely see him, you know, opining for guys like this and wanting that kind of element in his offense. So it'd be really interesting to see what they do and, and kind of how the impact of Shane Steichen changes the typical Ballard profile there in the second round. I definitely think that will play a big role, especially this being his first year, because they'll want to get him his type of player right away. Right, right, exactly. So guys, thank you for making Locked On Colts your first listen today and every day, every dayers. Next week, we've got some great team experts on tap to talk about some realistic situations that can transpire in front of the Colts. So everything that we said today, nightmare scenario, dream scenario, stuff like that, you guys will hear actually more about that next week from some team reporters. And I will also, early next week, talk 
more about Will Levis from a perspective that none of us has really presented so far. So remember to set your alarms because you do not want to miss these shows. And if you guys don't already, follow us on social medias at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks 2 on Twitter. Also subscribe to Locked on Colts on, pod- on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your ratings and reviews. And we'll see you guys next week.